we put it into high gear and started blasting up this canyon. And I think around the first corner, Alfonso looked at me and said, full smile, ear to ear, saying, what a surprise. I felt it too, because we really didn't have any idea what we were getting ourselves into, but the backhaul up was awesome. Hey, it's calling itself again. Welcome back to another episode of Rewilding Parenthood, a week-by-week podcast series hosted by me, Colin Boyd, and my partner, Sophie Aldino. Each week, we cover our family's rewilding journey by sharing stories, advice, and wisdom gained in traveling full-time in a converted 1978 Mercedes 508D command and control vehicle across North America and soon-to-be South America. This week, we are in Blanding, Utah. You may be wondering where that is. We have a special episode for you this week. We have officially completed our maiden multi-day voyage in our new inflatable kayaks and wanted to share that journey with you because we were so stoked on it. So kick back and relax as we share this journey with you from preparation through to completion on this epic river trip. Hey, Seth. Hey. What time is it? I have no idea. I think on your computer it says it's 9.40, but um, on my phone I read it was 10.40, so I'm a bit confused what time it is. It's some somewhere in between. <laughs> 9.40. I think it's probably 10.40. <laughs> uh, where are we? So we are at Reservoir Lake, just north of Blanding, Utah. We didn't expect to stay here, but we found a little park in town yesterday with free Wi-Fi, and it just drew us in like like trout on a lure. Well, the park was really nice, too. It was awesome. The green grass. I think I walked barefoot for hours in the grass and seen anything but cactus spines for months. And the reservoir, res- how do you say reservoir? And the reservoir, no, how do you say? <laughs> reservoir. <laughs> how do you say? <laughs> and where we're staying now is a party. <laughs> it's so busy. It's people camping all around the lake. Anyway, <laughs> Blanding, Utah, a little bit of an update there. <laughs> There's some other pretty sweet stuff here. We just haven't found it yet. What's the vibe like, so? Uh, the vibe, the vibe is good. We, I think, after we left them, we were four days in the river, and since we came out, I think we have been recovering, and we have been slow and tired, and yeah, just moving slow. So I think the vibe is slow. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a slow Sunday. <laughs> it even rained and hell today, which it was really nice. Anyway, so what are we doing here, Cole? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need a place to like, just like kind of straight out and just just lean back and and feel like we can it was really nice to stop here and felt really welcome and felt like um we could just kind of slow down and 
and get some energy back. So I think that's what we're doing here. We're just like, just gaining some energy. Colin had a nap today. <laughs> and yeah, so that's what we're up to. So now we're going to transition into what it took to plan and research and gather all the supplies for this trip. And we're going to talk about the trip itself. So I don't think either of us had ever heard of Marble Canyon before arriving in Lee's Ferry last week. It's pretty far off the normal map for most people. And I just picked it out as a place for us to go swimming on our way north through the Vermilion Cliffs. And I'm so glad we did because once we stopped, I immediately realized it was the put-in for the Grand Canyon. And I asked the park ranger what was up above. And they said, oh, it's a 15-mile stretch of flat water that you can paddle. And I asked how that would be done. And there was a backhaul involved, which meant that instead of driving into the top of the river and putting in your boats there, you actually put in at Lee's Ferry and get a boat and haul your boats and yourselves up 15 miles to the dam and start the river there. Obviously, that sounded expensive. However, we're slowly realizing that this new sport that we're getting ourselves into, there's a mandatory cost of entry with shuttles and things, especially if you're doing it just as your own family and not with another family to shuttle cars with. I just wanted to add as a side note that if you have a, a pack raft, you can actually hike down the canyon and you don't have to pay. I guess you got to get a ride back. But, I mean, I'm sure if you if there is so many people, it was busy. So I'm sure um, it, won't, it wouldn't be hard to, ca- to catch a ride back to Page. That's right. There's the Ropes Canyon Trail, which leaves on the southwestern side of the dam. I'm sure you can find it on Google Maps. And it's a pretty steep trail down. But for us, with the kids, with the boats, with three days worth of gear, it, we just were happy to pay the money and get the backhaul. But if it was just you and I, self, we would have been all over it. Anyways, I think the, the reasons why we were drawn to this trip, especially being our first trip, was it was short, but there was we could camp as long as we wanted. The water was clean and clear and the place looked majestic. Also, with the backhaul, it was a really unique experience. It wasn't just driving to the top of the river and throwing boats in. There was a barrier to entry there, which made it just seem a little bit more exotic. I think that's always something that we've been drawn to. And being able to do the trip for more than just a day meant that we could make it our own and and travel at the speed we wanted. I think all that together and just really the timing and the location and everything for us to pick out the boats, it was lining up to be our perfect first trip. Yeah, I think you're forgetting about something really important is that it was flat water. (laughs) And um, yeah, we didn't want to just take on a a river that it was um, rapid after rapid. And yeah, this just seemed perfect. Definitely. There's a number of options for getting a backhaul. You know, the way that I approach these things, I call 
whoever I can Google first and get a price. And then I call the next person on Google. I call the next person on Google until I get the best price I can find. So we started off at 375. Next company, I got down to 300. And then the next company, I got down to 240. And that sounded pretty good. So we locked that in. And Marble Canyon Outfitters, definitely recommend those guys. They're the ones that took us in. Dale was a great captain, was there on time, showed us a few things on the river, and just really kind and generous and didn't seem like totally overcrowded like some of the other outfitters over there. So watch out if Colin Boyd is coming. <laughs> he'll, he'll try to get a, a good deal. I'll get you no matter what. Look out. You know, trying to share some of the secrets from the road, how we are able to afford this lifestyle. It's it's not so much how you make money. It's just how you try and spend the least amount of money. Well, I think it's secrets from the road and secrets from your family. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just my aunties who are listening to this, so yeah. get yourself into trouble. Last, the timing. So this is... No secret. I mean, just because we hadn't heard of Marble Canyon doesn't mean anybody else hasn't either. It, this place is busy. So we showed up on a Tuesday morning and we didn't expect to see many people on the river at all. There were, we probably saw 50 fishermen minimum. I'd say they're the people that make up a majority of the river. But again, at the first campsite, there were two other groups and... Those two groups were doing two days on the river or two nights on the river as well. And so it wasn't quiet by any means. If you are considering this trip, I'd definitely go midweek and I'd look at doing it on the shoulder season before you get into summer. So anyways, that's a little bit about the trip prep or the, the research and planning that went into it. So if you want to give us a little bit of an update on how we prepared for the trip. Of course. <laughs> of course, Cole. Um, of course. <laughs> um, of course. So, <laughs> I always dream to having like a funny radio show. Anyway, one day. So we learn from experience that... Um, preparing everything the day before um, is a good thing. So we spent Monday morning um, prepping everything we needed for the trip. So we packed um, all the camping gear, making sure we had everything we needed. We, camping all, we packed all the food beside um, all the dry food. And we left all the... Um, cold food in the fridge uh, until the morning of the trip. Yeah, so we basically prep everything we needed. Um, we then stopped by the, the store to purchase um, whatever we didn't have for the trip. I think it was like um, a food pump, just in case our <laughs> new boats um, deflated on the river. And yeah, I think that was our Monday. We and then we just went for a swim and just did all the charging, if camera equipment, um, etc. 
Tuesday morning, we set up um, departure time at 10 o'clock. Um, I think if it was just Colin and I, we probably would have chosen a 7 a.m. departure. But because um, we have two young kids and a dog, we we chosen a, a family-friendly time. Yeah, we drove to the ferry that early that morning, three hours ahead of schedule. And then the prep show started. Colin, I don't know what he was doing outside the van, but I could see him pumping, going up the van, down, getting uh, the bags out. Um, yeah, he was working hard. And then I was just making sure the kids was fed, were fed. Um, the van was clean for when we returned. Um, from the trip and just making sure we had all the remaining things that we had on the notebook. So it was 10 a.m. time to get on the boat. Our captain, what's his name? Dale. Our captain, Dale, was awaiting on the dock. So Dale and Colin started um, packing up the, the um, all the gear in the boat. Yeah, it was a great boat for us wide open fishing boat so we loaded up super easy dale had been doing it for years and before you knew it we were casting off the lines and heading up river and a bit of chit chat through the no wake section and then we put it into high gear and started blasting up this canyon and i think around the first corner alfonso looked at me and said full smile ear to ear saying what a surprise and I think I felt it too because we really didn't have any idea what we were getting ourselves into but the backhaul up was awesome I mean totally worth it as soon as we started going I was just was so happy that we spent the money to do it instead of trying to climb down the cliffs to save the money or you know kind of whatever it was it was totally worth it so scenic so rad and if you have seen any photos of a place called horseshoe bend that is the main feature of marble canyon and we boated right through that on the way up we boated to the Glen canyon dam so it was constructed in the 50s i believe 57 I don't know, I have to check. you got to double check that. <laughs> we don't have internet right now, so... We'll do the research on that and give you... We'll put it in the show notes. Or you can leave us a, a message on the re review. <laughs> a two-star two review. <laughs> Didn't have facts right on dam thickness or dates of construction. But we do know that the dam is 100 yards thick in concrete at the bottom, which is incredible. Anyways, Dale dropped us off. We unloaded all our gear and got our first, actually, that's not true. We had swam in the river a week prior, and so we knew the river was cold. Not it, cold. It was freezing. It was Arctic. 40, 46 degrees. Yeah, and you think 46, eh, it's not that so bad, but swimming without a wetsuit is, it is cold. And the thing is, we'd been swimming in the lake before, which we had finally... Um, I guess started to get the feeling for and this water is a totally different story um, so the the Marble Canyon trip in itself is short it's only 15 miles so if you're listening out there you could 
probably smash this out in a day. And so could we, and we could have done it with the kids too, but we really wanted to take our time. So we knew we really didn't have to paddle. And this was really just a, a great test trip for us. So we loaded up the boats the way that we wanted. I had made the decision to set the seats up backwards because I could load the boats up a little bit differently. But as we soon found out, that was not the right idea. No, we started, we were like, okay, everything is loaded, kids in the boats. <laughs> we're like, let's go. And then I was like, why is this boat turning around on me so bad? And then that's when Colin told me he set up the boats backwards. I did it on purpose because I read on a blog that, and I knew from canoeing that with a lighter front passenger if you turn it around the other way that you have most of your weight closer to the middle which will center your weight and not make you spin as much these boats have a fin and the fin was set up backwards so it didn't really work as i anticipated no so we went back we unloaded the boats <laughs> and reload them so it only took us twi uh, two times we didn't actually unload the boats. All we had to do was spin the seats around. Okay. And then we were lo and then we were off. Okay, that's yeah. true. We unloaded the kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we finally got on the boats and started paddling and it was a weird feeling. Yeah, I think the first hour of paddling was just like, okay, what does it feel to be paddling with a two-year-old and have a bunch of gear in the boat? Um you know, just bags and food and sleeping bags and a tent and being between these um, tall rocks and, you know, knowing that we're going to be in this canyon for three days, maybe four days. And, yeah, I think we were all really excited. And it was beautiful and it was quiet. You could hear ducks. You can also hear the boats. So we were, I think that first hour, we were kind of sinking into that experience. And we were just happy to be there. The paddle is really nice. It's really green. It's beautiful. There's like little fresh water sources coming off the rocks. And um, there is these little beautiful little beaches along the way where you can stop anywhere and swim and fish and really just be present um yeah so we paddle i think maybe for like four hours or three hours until we arrived to ferry soil and yeah we set up camp we were ready just to decompress and and make dinner and just hang out and let the kids run around and yeah, we just really we just made a fire at night and cook food and just really enjoy the 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 place and the quietness of the place and yeah, it was it was beautiful. I think the clarity in the river is about 30 feet, so we brought our wetsuits and a mask and that first night I after the Sophie put the kids down, I did run up the river with my suit and snorkel and dove with hundreds of trout. And it, the the ice cream headache was 
extreme and I didn't swim too too long or too far but knowing what was under the water got me so excited for fishing the next day and was up early throwing a line in obviously didn't catch anything besides moss Uh, I think that's the most frustrating part in that river is that the trout fishing is incredible but uh, for every cast in you probably for every three casts you get two two mosses back and if you're any kind of fisherman you know that fish don't bite on a lure with with moss on it waking up from you know sunrise through maybe about 8 a.m it's 7 30 a.m is super quiet and then at right about that time the fishermen start coming up in their boats the tourists start coming up with their kayaks, either getting dropped off at our camp or further on. And it just feel, it takes it away from the place. It kind of reminded me of being camped out at the Dry Tortugas in Florida, where it's the same thing. You had the island to yourself from about three o'clock in the afternoon until 10 o'clock the next morning. And this was the same thing. From six o'clock at night, nobody was there. And at eight o'clock in the morning and they just started showing up again so really trying to make the most of those times that before people showed up was great but to be honest it really wasn't busy at all to in comparison to what it could be that second day we decided to actually stay uh, where we were come and stay do another night there because um setting up the tent and getting all the gear back in the bags is a lot of work. So we were like, why don't you just stay here and just take the boat um, in the morning? And then we took the boat out in the evening again. And yeah, we just like chill out at the beach and just um, had a lot of fun. We saw some wild animals. We saw a lot of ducks. We saw a big snake. We actually haven't researched yet. What snake? What what was that snake? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a bull snake. Um, I just say that because it's the only desert non-poisonous snake I know. But the thing was five or six feet long. It was yellow and black. It was huge. (laughs) Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, we just had a great day. We actually, in the evening, we took the boat out again. And we were like, we're kind of frustrated, but also determined to get a fish. And we actually ended up getting three fish, which was like awesome. Colin caught two and I got a rainbow trout, but we put them back in the water. I was kind of forcing to keep them and eat them, but I don't know, it was hard. Colin was having a hard time and then I was doubting too. So we ended up putting them back in the water and that felt really good. Yeah, so the next morning, morning number three, uh, we left the camp probably around nine. And yeah, spent the whole day in the water. And that was kind of a long day. Um, It was beautiful. It was was kind of those parenting days where you have really high moments and then you have like exhausting kids crying. And there is a moment that you're about to lose your mind and then you kind of like, you give yourself a pep talk and then you, you're you okay again. And then it was getting pretty late. We couldn't find the campsite. We didn't have maps. 
we didn't have any self or uh, any phone service and we actually missed the campsite so the kids were getting pretty cranky and we knew that we couldn't camp anywhere else beside the campgrounds but you know it's kind of like those situations when you have kids that you're like our kids are gonna lose their shed let's just come here and just leave really early in the morning well that didn't turn out really well I mean, it wasn't that bad, but we got caught by the park rangers, <laughs> which it wasn't funny. First boat in the morning was the ranger boat at like seven o'clock, which was a bit of a surprise because we hadn't seen them on the river yet. But it was a Friday morning. And they, of course, pulled over, saw us, came right over. I went out and met them and explained our situation the night before, told them how we packed out the kids' number twos, because we knew that uh, through our camping experience on main islands and respect that didn't make a fire we're planning to leave early the morning to limit the visual impact of us being there and all those things together i think they were they understood our situation but the takeaway for sure was you know have a at least get a photo of the map you know i i'm usually pretty good with the mental memory of the map and th since there were five designated campsites i had counted them all along and i must have just missed one because i counted the last one as the fourth and then there was nothing after that so takeaway always always bring a map don't rely on your brain and get better at math <laughs> so definitely not proud about that um, and we'll get better in the future about that I think um, yeah it was a hard decision to make but we had to we missed the last um, campsite and we it was already too late in the evening to make it to to all the way to the end so we had to actually stop and and camp where we did yeah and and then the next morning we we blasted out of there i think we were back at the van early it was a heat wave the whole time we were on the river and even when we got off so it was this crazy experience of if you got any more than 20 feet away from the river you could just feel the heat emanating from the rock around us and then in the river, it was 46 degrees. So as soon as we got off the river at the end, the, the heat kind of set in. And and we just wished that we could continue on down the Grand Canyon. But that was the trip for us. And so, you know, I think loading up the boats, breaking down the gear, drying things out, repacking, draining water, blowing off sand, cleaning the boats for all the plants and mussels that can ride along on your raft at different waterways. You know, I think that's the, the more challenging parts about these multi-day expeditions, and it makes it really worthwhile to go out for more than just a day because you have to do all that stuff anyway. And there's just so much effort involved, and while your kids are playing Legos in the room and, you know, Sophie and I are have the van ripped apart to pack everything away just to do it again the next week it's you kind of wonder 
is it worth it? But of course it's worth it. And it's just that it takes, it takes grit to get through it. And, and whether it's a heat wave or whether it's cold and rainy, if you want to be doing these kinds of multi-day trips with your family, just be prepared for being able to push through no matter what the environment is or brings to the table when the trip's over or before it even starts. Some other takeaways for us after the river trip was that we're definitely inspired to explore more of the Green and Colorado rivers. They run through six different states and there's so much to see that fits our ability level right now as a young family. It also gives us room to grow throughout our life to hopefully maybe even take on something like the Grand Canyon later on. What do you think, Self? Any any takeaways for you? I think being being in the water is giving us another way of exploring places. And I think that's the, the most beautiful part because um, if you explore this canyon by food you're not getting the same experience if you ex- if you are exploring this canyon by water so what i'm trying to say is how you travel matters yeah i'm just excited Until we to see very other swap. places i'm excited to yeah we set up camp we're ready just to decompose yeah i'm excited <laughs> All right, so that's it for Rewilding Parenthood this week. Thanks for tuning in. Come on back next week for the next episode. We have music from Mercedes Riva and Thomas Tyrell down in Buenos Aires, Argentina. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you podcast. That really helps. If you'd like to learn some more about this trip, we'll have a blog up on afuerovida.com. Incredible. You can check out photos at Afuerovida on Instagram. If you have any questions about this trip or trip planning for you and your family, just email us over at ola at afuerovida.com and we'd be happy to point you in the right direction either to get you out the door and on your way to a great adventure. That's it from us. Have a great week. Adios, amigos, uh, from about 3 o'clock in the afternoon.